Hi, everybody. It's Matt from Discover College Soccer. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. I also wanted to let you know about the Discover College Soccer Study Table. This is our brand new online portal that is complete with a 14-part online course giving you all of the ins and outs of the college soccer recruiting process. There's also a wealth of resources such as checklists, templates, there's the spreadsheets that have every soccer program in the country along with their coaches, their contact information, their social media information, uh, some basic stats about the school and more. Plus there's an online community where you can ask your questions, share your wins, your losses, any questions that you may have around the college soccer recruiting process. It's all there at the Discover College Soccer study table that you can find at discovercollegesoccer.com slash study table and hopefully we will see you there. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Discover College Soccer. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Coach Rick Escalera from Cochise College in Arizona. Welcome, Coach. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, you got a, a women's junior college program there in Arizona. Um, and I know that one of the toughest things about running a junior college program is you're recruiting twice as much as everybody else uh, as players aren't there as long. So. Um, Kind of what can you walk me through? Maybe your uh, what your your kind of typical timeline is each year from from the recruiting prospect. Yeah, this year was um, pretty interesting. So I actually took over the program this past June. So I basically inherited what was there. Um, just made sure to reassure kids that were coming in new um, that they were going to have a spot. Scholarship was still intact. Um, and to be quite honest, it didn't have really high expectations um, in regards of what we needed to do, right? Obviously, new coach, new players, um, rebuild, make sure everything was up to line. But um, with this being our full first year um, and with the recruiting process, our timeline is a little bit skewed in comparison to four years. So for us, we almost start recruiting immediately. Um, even during the season, we're already looking past that class just because we are pumping out, if you will, players every year um, in comparison to every four. So our classes are usually pretty big. Um, to give you an example, this year we're replacing nine players, um, nine sophomores, eight of which are going to continue on to play. Um, the ninth decided she just wants to go to school. Um, had plenty of offers, but said school is more important. So um, that being said, we need to replace that plus usually to carry a, a good balance um but no we'll usually start recruiting as soon as august um once the season starts if we're looking at the next class right so currently with the 23 class we're wrapping up we have our final four spots to fill um have a couple offers out waiting with a few individuals to make their decision um and then just kind of going to go from there and focus on 24s um and so on type of deal. Um, but no, typically we'll start in August, part of the season, go all the way throughout the year, um, building relationships with certain individuals, right? If we can offer, then we will. Um, but we usually don't start signing anyone until after that November date. Um, and then that's when we start kind of finalizing everybody through from there. So. Okay. Now you mentioned scholarships and I think this is one of the the big questions that, you know, people ask me or they, or they just don't understand is how scholarships work on the junior college side and who can give them and what they're for and, and how that works. Because it, it, it's, 
even though even though it's not really that different people think it's different because it's not the uh, division one division two right. or, so can you just walk me through a little bit about uh you know what a scholarship looks like uh, on the junior college level how many you have to give what just what that whole thing looks like yeah so everybody's a little bit different um and the interesting thing enough is in our junior college divisions there are three so we do have a D1, D2, and D3 level. Um, Cochise is a Division One, which differs from the others, right? So for us, for example, I have 24 scholarships in total I'm allowed to give. Um, those scholarships cover everything from tuition, housing, um, your meal plans. Sometimes, depending on the institution, you can scholarship books. Um, it just really varies, right? For us, typical scholarship is usually their tuition or some type of combo towards their meal or their housing um, depending on the individual right that could be more or less so that's a little bit different however our scholarships are similar to everyone else um, let's see their four-year or NAIAs right um, in regards to we give a scholarship for the year so your scholarship is good for the year um, Unless, you know, you're being a knucklehead um, and decide to act out, right? Um, whether that's academically or off the field issues um, type of deal. Um, that's when scholarships can be changed mid-season, but typically you're good for the year. Um, and just like anything else, right, it's performance-based. Um, and I always tell individuals, it's not necessarily the athletic side, right, about you performing on the field because um, you are here to develop. You are here to get better. Um, and sometimes you're just going to have bad games, right. Or bad weeks, whatever it may be. Um, it's more along the lines of what are you doing off the field? You know, are you being a good teammate? Are we actually being successful in the classroom? Um, cause the reality is most kids that are at the junior college level or, or at the junior college level for a reason, right. Whether that was academics, um, maybe not getting the right looks, whatever it may be. My plan is hey, let's make sure you're suited and ready to get you out from here. Um, but no, scholarships are pretty similar. On the Division II side, for the junior colleges, a little bit different. They typically only offer scholarship towards tuition, um, not necessarily housing or meals. Most of them don't offer the housing side. Um, they're more of your traditional commuter college, if you will. Um, and then your D3s don't offer anything at all. Um, it's very interesting. I know most people go, wait, you can offer a scholarship for junior college and are just a shock, um, especially like myself being from Southern California originally um, and knowing when I went to junior college way back when, um, hearing that and I was like, wait, I could have gotten a scholarship. I would have been amazed, right? Um, so it's different from state to state. It is different from level to level as well. Yeah, for sure. No, I and and I just know there's a lot of folks out there, a lot of misconceptions, like you just said. Uh, if you'd have known now, <laughs> known then what you know now, kind of thing. Uh, right. So I definitely appreciate you walking through that for us. Um, so with all that being said, in terms of like the players that that you're recruiting and and with everything you just mentioned around junior college, where is it that you're going? to to look for players you know are there events that you kind of have on your radar as i got to get to this every year are you looking at high school soccer what does that look for you you know it's kind of a mixture of, of all in between um the biggest thing that's changed i think from my playing days right in comparison to now is the use of social media the use of um 
different products like field level um, and CSA, things of that nature that have just really boomed and blossomed and helped us in the recruiting process quite a bit. Um, unlike the four years, right, our budgets aren't nearly as, as big sometimes um, to where we can go to so many events. So typically we'll recruit really locally uh, majority of the time. Uh, so that's anywhere Phoenix, Tucson area, um, sometimes as far north as Flagstaff within the state of Arizona. Um, but then we're also hitting up things like Surf Cup, um, the Legends Camp outside in California, just because more locally known for me. Um, that's where most of my contacts are. Um, and then we go as far inland as Texas and New Mexico, uh, sometimes around the borders of Colorado. So just kind of varies um that being said though we've talked with kids from florida ohio um, washington kind of all over but that's more on the social media um internet access if you will right in events it just kind of depends what makes sense uh, um for example pdt cup was just this last weekend or a couple weekends ago uh, back in february for president's day here locally in phoenix Definitely signed up for that, went checked out, um, got to see a lot of local talent. Plus, one of our commits was there, so it was awesome to watch her in person again. Um, but no, and then the other part for us, and I think this is where it's becoming a little skewed with most kids, is we also get a lot of international interests. Um, currently on our roster, we have six countries represented. Um, that's everything from Brazil, Colombia, Holland, Bolivia, Spain, and Mexico. Um, so quite a, a far about from some of our commits coming in next year. We have a girl coming in from Costa Rica, one from Ghana, um, currently talking to another Dutch midfielder, um, and a couple goalkeepers from England. So yeah, we do get that interest as well, um, which just kind of widens and broadens our recruiting process, right? Um, which is a lot of fun. I get to watch a lot of highlights. So that always is a really enjoyable part of it. <clears throat> yeah, and you answered my question uh, regarding internationals, which uh, is has been seems to be growing in certain divisions, especially at the the JUCO and Division Two level. Well, it, when it's when you've looked at all the tape, whether it's an international player, you've gone to some of these events or, or anything, you know, what is it that really uh, checks the boxes for you in terms of what makes a player that you want to give an offer to to, to make the make you want them to come to coaches? main thing is everybody looks great on film, right? Um, and I always tell individuals, like, look, I'm going to watch highlights. And, yeah, it's everything that you've done great in that match, right? Um, that's where sometimes I enjoy watching or recruiting in person just because at that point I can see, hey, you know what? You made this mistake. What was your reaction afterwards? Or, you know, your teammate made a mistake. How do you deal with that? Are you the person that's bearing down on them? Or are you telling them, hey, next one, we'll get it type of deal? Um, but really with what stands out in highlights for me, we look for really technical players, good on the ball, calm under pressure, um, decent soccer IQ, right? Things that we can develop. Um, you hear the typical, right? Explosive, fast, big uh, type of deal. But the reality is, and I tell people all the time, if that was the case in our sport and that's what got you to win all the time, um, there's a reason Lionel Messi wouldn't be winning a World Cup trophy, right? Um, but no, we look for technical players, get on the ball, have a good understanding um, tactically. 
as much as we can tweak and develop small things, right? Um, if you have a good base of just fundamentals, we're going to take a serious look. Um, don't get it wrong though, right? If you're big, fast, strong, and you're interested in coaches, we're absolutely going to take a look at you anyway. Um, but no, for me, just being good on the ball, smart, um, understanding, and then just really your, your body language. A lot of times are things that I'll watch, um, you know, in those highlights, you'll see somebody will score and it's like, does the whole team come celebrate with you? Or are you just kind of by yourself? Cause those are telltales for me as well. Like maybe you're not the best teammate. Um, as good of a ball player as you are type of deal. And with our culture of the program, you need to be a good teammate, especially where we're located. We become your second family, especially for a lot of these internationals. I mean, you got to make sure that everybody's welcomed and enjoying the soccer that they're playing. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> well, let's talk a little bit about the school. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of folks probably down here, especially in Florida and, and, far away from Arizona that may not be familiar. So what are some of the awesome things that you found uh, about Cochise? I mean, the reality for Cochise is just the way the school is set up for us. Um, I tell our athletes all the time and I don't sugarcoat it. It's like, hey, look, we are in what will feel like the middle of nowhere um, in all reality from it, right? And you look up Arizona and the first thing you think is desert, right? Lizards, snakes, things of that nature. Um, but where we're at is really unique. Um, we're at the base of a mountain um, down in southern, southern east corner of Arizona. Um, so we actually deal with things like snow, um, lots of rain. It is pretty green around us, um, which when we start saying that the kids or they come on campus, they're like, whoa, I didn't expect this at all. Um, that being said, yes, we are in the middle of nowhere um, in comparison to Phoenix or Tucson. There isn't a whole lot to do, but as I tell everybody else, it's there for you to focus. Um, you have a great support staff, both academically and athletically, um, in regards to coaches that are willing to work with you, both on and off the field, that will open up facilities 100% of the time for you. Um, you have an academic staff that is very well understood into what the process is and what your schedule's like. So they're willing to work with you, especially when you're missing days um, and helping things out in that way, regard. So it's awesome for that. So if you really put in the work, you'll be able to focus and get yourself out um, and go from there type of deal. But staff is awesome. Um, academically, we do offer some really unique majors as well too, administrative justice. Um, that leads you into pretty much anything law-based, um, which we're getting a lot from corrections officer, right, law enforcement, um, to pre-law. We do offer pre-med as well, too, to get you set up and based into that field if what you're going into, athletic training, things of that nature. Um, and all of these facilities, or excuse me, all of these programs have facilities on site that give you some hand-on practicals, um, which is really unique for us. The other part is just kind of what our campus life is like. Um, if you go to Cochise, especially the Douglas campus that we are on, you are an athlete. 90% um, of the student population is student athletes. Um, so you're dealing with other individuals that are used to that type of level, right? Um, understand what you're, you're dealing with or what your schedule's like, um, which is pretty unique just because it's, nice to see when 
we have basketball players at our games and rooting for us and learning chants and just like our girls were at the region one championship for basketball yesterday um cheering them on hoping they do well so it's pretty unique and nice in that regard yeah it sounds like it well let's talk a little bit about the the soccer side of things um is there a roster size i know like we, we talked about the recruiting and the numbers but is there a roster size you find is ideal that you're trying to hit each year yeah ideally we want to be in that 24 25 range um the reason being is that gives us enough of a balance in regards of depth in our program right so we have enough depth in the roster size to where if someone does go down we can't have somebody there and there's no rush to try to get that kid back um likewise it also allows for kids to have an opportunity i feel like when you start getting into these roster sizes that are 30 35 40 um there's a lot of kids that don't even get that opportunity to shine because it's just unrealistic to get a look on them or a grasp or a pulse check right of where they are um plus when we're at the 24 range you can do that internal competition right so trainings are a little bit more intense because there is maybe one or two people in your position um actual going into pre-game scrimmages things of that nature within it's pretty nice because you can have somebody looking at your best dribbler um and maybe it's the person that's in their position or giving different examples of it so typically around 24 25 is what we like to carry um if we get anything more than that yeah it's awesome but i also feel for those kids because being number 26 or 27 on the depth charts a little rough to try to make an impact so 24 to 25 is ideal. No, that makes sense. Well, what about staff? Are there other staff uh, for women's soccer besides yourself? Yeah, so I actually have a full-time assistant coach. Name is Santos Rangel. Um, stays there on campus with the girls. Awesome guy. Local. Works with our goalkeepers. Um, we also have our volunteer coach, which is Josh Burton. Um, he's another local guy from Tucson area. Does a lot of our social media um and our video editing as well so anything that you see cool video related to coaches that's all, all josh um anything that our goalkeepers are doing that's unique that is all santos um but both of those guys are awesome because they actually are local from the state of arizona um, santos being from yuma josh being from tucson area so they really give me a pulse on what is the culture and what is around in Arizona. Um, my background being from Southern California, you know, SoCal up and down, um, what areas to hit, where to go, know what the high school culture is like there, club culture. Um, didn't have a real pulse on Arizona or what it was like. Um, so having them has been really helpful. And I think it's also allowed us to grow coaches as well um, from just the Southern corner of Arizona, but more inland because um, we have kids from Yuma, Tucson, talking to girls from Phoenix, um, Flagstaff, and all over the state, which has been really awesome as well. No, that's great. Well, can you tell me what uh, an in-season typical week looks like for the players in terms of when's class, when's practice, what's the kind of game cadence and travel situation look like? Yeah, so we play actually two times a week. Um, that's Tuesday, Saturdays, once we're in conference play. Uh, typical week for the girls is if we're starting Monday, we have Monday classes are usually in class from 8 a.m. at the earliest, um, though most of them cheat and take class at 10 a.m. Uh, but usually 8 a.m. at the earliest, they're out of class by 
roughly around 2 p.m. Um, then you're heading to training. We train. If we don't lift that day, we're usually training from 3 to 5. Um, and then maybe do some study hall or film afterwards, small things. Tuesday game day if we're traveling, right? Um, depends on time that we're kicking off. Um, but usually Tuesday's a game day. If we're at home, a little bit lighter, make sure they're going to class still, get them out. Um, and then just kind of carry out that throughout the week. Um, during the season, we do lift as well. So we're usually lifting twice a week. Um, nothing too heavy. It's just more of maintenance, making sure they're taking care of any prehab or rehab stuff um, and where they're at. Um, but that's usually our week in a nutshell type of deal. Sundays are typically off, which I think they enjoy, um, which has been really nice. If we don't give it to them off, it's usually a light recovery run stretch, depending on what our game was like or what our travel was like Saturday. Um, but no, that's our usual week throughout the season, um, which is really nice. I mean, the girls seem to enjoy it. We haven't had any complaints, at least not to my, my ear so far, right? Um, but no, it's been awesome. Um, enjoyed it a lot. It is a busy schedule. Um, a lot of it is balance. A lot of it is figuring out how to do homework on the road. Um, so when we are on the bus, maybe having a couple hot spots for them so they can get onto the laptops and get some not homework knocked out as well. So, oh, that's good. Well, in terms of you know the the team and and you as the coach, how would you describe your style of coaching and the team's overall style of play? Yeah, I mean, touching on me as a coach. Yeah. The biggest thing is, and I think the girls could probably relate to this, is I am fair but stern, um, and I'm pretty blunt to it as well. Um, the best example, and I don't think she'll mind me sharing, but one of our sophomore midfielders um, typically plays a six for us in a match. Um, she didn't start, right? Our other two were out. Um, we decided to put a fullback in there instead. Uh, typically doesn't play the position. Um, but when she came and asked, hey, you know, why didn't I start? What, what, what was the reason? And I was up front with her. I was like, look, so-and-so is better in the air. Um, we played a team that was extremely direct. I needed someone that was better in the air. Um, she got her opportunity when she came in. But I think for that, in regards to the girls, it's just I will give you the honest opinion of what is going on, right? Um, and I'm stern in regards of, I expect you just to put in the maximal effort. I don't expect you to be perfect, but I do expect you to work hard. I do expect you to bust your butt every time you get an opportunity, try 100% on the rep. Um, and the biggest thing for me is failure is okay. I mean, understand you're going to not succeed all the time. Um, I hate the word can't. Um, I hate the word that I won't be able to, or that phrase. It's just, hey, attempt. What happens if we try and we fail? We'll learn another way to win. Um, type of thing. So I think that's more my coaching aspect from it. Um, the girls might have other opinions on that from time to time, right? Um, but no, that that's me there in a nutshell. And I think my staff supports that as well too, which does a tremendous job of balancing it out. But with our team culture and team play and style, um, we're not the cliche that everybody says, oh, we're a possession style team, right? We, we play Tiki Taka or no we are possession with a purpose of, hey, yes, we want you to keep the ball, but why are we keeping the ball? Are we looking for the better option to get forward or are we not finding the right option to get forward? Um, control tempo is the reason of us dictating play. 
Um, in our conference, we do have a lot of teams that are very athletic, very fast, big, um, that play very direct. So we are a nice balance to that encounter of, hey, we can dictate tempo. Of, we'll knock the ball and find the right opportunity to open up a space and get into you. Um, which I think led to part of our success this season, especially with the players that we look at um, and bring in. No, I love that. Well, we've talked about a lot of different things, and I like to end these the same way, and that's what didn't we talk about? What else would you like folks to know, whether that's about the college recruiting process, about your school, about anything in general? I'll leave you with the last word. I think the biggest thing with the recruiting process, and this goes to all individuals, is just give everybody an opportunity, hear them out. Um, I've told this to our girls, and it's a unique venture that we're in, right? We have a two-year process where we're trying to ship you out, or sometimes in a year. Um, so you go through that whole recruiting process again. But hear people out. You'd be surprised when you have a conversation and talk with a coach and hear about a program, how much that might pique your interest. Um, a lot of times we deal with individuals that say, hey, well, you know, I'm open to leaving the state or I'm open to going here or going or playing wherever. Um, and then you hit reach out and it's a ghost or we don't get any type of response or no, sorry, I'm not interested in that level. You'd be surprised sometimes what the levels are um, and how closely they might be to your goals. But really hear them out, talk to them, make the best educated decision for you. Don't just assume, oh, it's a four-year, I want to go there 100%. It's the best fit. Um, or as a junior college, like they can only even play football there. You'd be surprised some of the players that we get that come in that you're like, whoa. Um, but that's it for me in, in recruiting. I mean, really, that's the biggest part. That's the best advice I can give to kids is just hear everybody out, give everybody an opportunity. And if you have questions, ask them, ask them, ask them, ask them. Well, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm breaking my own rule here and asking a question after the last word, but uh, <laughs> you mentioned it earlier, though. You said of the nine players that you had that are uh, that are leaving, eight of them are moving on to play other places. So can you yeah. just, just, just talk about that a little bit in terms of the desire for those players to go play, what that process looked like, and maybe some of the places they're ending up? Yeah, so our girls are going everywhere, actually, from NCAA Division II institutions um to some of the NAIs around here locally and um throughout the west coast so for us kind of the advice i just mentioned right now right was very much what i pushed on our girls was like hey i know you may not be interested in leaving the state i know you may not be interested in going that far but understand what makes sense for you and hear them out um one of our girls she's a bioengineering major um, she's actually going to be going to Shaw University in North Carolina. Um, and that's just because academically fit her needs, hit every single checkpoint in that regard. Um, footballing aspect, they're a pretty quality team. I know they're up and coming, so it worked out for her. Um, one of our other girls is going to Nebraska Kearney um, up in the Midwest. She didn't want to go to the cold, um, but the reality was it was the best option for her both financially and academically. So it made total sense. Um, one of our other girls was a local kid from Tucson. Only wanted to stay in the Southwest or West Coast. Um, didn't want to open up anywhere. Really wasn't getting the looks that she wanted. I told her, hey, if you're open to it, 
we can start promoting you and making sure to get you with some of the Midwest contacts that I have, or we can look at the East Coast and see what opens up. And she was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm open to it. Um, and now she's going to go to Harrison Stowe up in St. Louis. Um, and that's with now starting to get some small interest from some of the local schools here. Um, but she's like, no, mine's made up. I'm going Midwest, uh, which is very surprising after having that conversation with her at the beginning of the year. But a lot of it is what I touched on, just giving everybody an understanding of what makes sense for you. Um, and I always tell our girls, ask yourselves these questions. You know, what's most important? Is it financials? Is it the academic side? Is it the footballing side? What is most important to you? Um, and once you found that, okay, if football wasn't an option or soccer wasn't an option for you, are you still going to go there? You know, um, because that can happen. Unfortunately, in the time frame or, you know, what we've been in with COVID or post-COVID, um, you're seeing programs getting kind of cut or being left out. So really understand, does it make sense for you to go there if that wasn't there? Um, and then the final option really is just, what do you like about the institution, the area that really stands out to you? Is it, you know, the coach was awesome, can talk to you? Or was it, hey, I actually watched them play and I love their style of play, it fits my needs. Um, the last example I can give you, one of our girls was looking at a school in Utah it didn't make any sense for her style of play. Coaches were extremely interested in her, um, but it made no sense for her. I was like, you're not going to fit that mold. Um, and she's going to end up going to an NAI in Oregon that fit a lot better into what she wanted to do. So, um, yeah, that's kind of that process a little bit there. Awesome. No, I appreciate you giving us that insight because I think that's a, it's a, one of those things that some people forget about and, and, and aren't, thinking about those next steps and how it works and it's great to see that you've had so many players move on and find those right fits and it's something i always talk about with with parents and players is finding that right fit so coach i really appreciate the time it's been awesome wish you the best of luck in the upcoming season and uh if you ever get down to to my part of florida you know give me a shout and, and we'll grab a cup of coffee or something all right absolutely sounds great brother all right thanks